0: This is episode number 362 with Kerwin Ray on how to thrive in high stress environments. The Melissa Ambrosini Show. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy. Healthy is liberating Hey, and welcome back to the show. I'm so glad that you're here and so excited that we get to spend some time together today. I have Kerwin Ray for a Power Chat episode today. It's going to be jam-packed. Get ready. Get your pen and paper out because you're going to want to take notes. In today's episode, we talk about how to thrive during high-stress situations or high-stress environments. For example things like COVID, or maybe you're going through a breakup, or a health crisis, or something like that. Any time where you have a high stress situation or environment, you can apply everything that we speak about in today's episode. So just a little bit of background on Kerwin Ray. He's an entrepreneur, investor, and international speaker. And today we're gonna discuss the tools and strategies that you can use to upgrade your mindset, increase your tolerance for uncertainty, and still show up as the best version of yourself, even in the middle of a pandemic. If you want to find out how to rewire your stress response, tap into your inner strength on demand, and kick butt for the rest of the year and beyond, you guys are going to love this episode. So let's get this party started and bring on Kerwin Ray. Kerwin Ray, it is so good to see you.
1: It's amazing to see you.
0: It's so good to see you. I'm just going to dive right in. We're going to go right in. I was thinking about when we first met. The first time we actually met, you were speaking at another event, and this was going on probably nine years ago. And you were speaking at the event, and I was like, I really like the way that he presents. He's a really good speaker. And I got so much out of your talk. This was, I started on my personal inward journey about 10 years ago. So this was like soon into my journey. So I just wanted to thank you for inspiring me at that talk.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: And yeah, we've stayed in touch ever since. I've been on your podcast and now here we are.
1: Here we are doing it again, getting, a, getting to riff, raff, and have a bit of a chat.
0: I'm so pumped. I have so much I want to talk to you about, but something that I really want to touch on is how you have thrived during covid so what has been going on for you in your business and in your mindset like how can we and how have you personally thrived during covid
1: yeah look it's a good question and i think the the disappointing answer is preparation like i prepared for this i uh, started preparing for a financial catastrophe i guess you could say or a financial meltdown about eight years ago so eight years ago consciously i was like okay something big's coming i don't know when it's coming but i know something big is coming so first of all, I'm just going to work my ass off, I prepare, uh, save, build a war chest. And that's one of the things I'm, I'm very good at. I'm very frugal. I'm, I'm, I'm very good at, you know, commercialization. I'm very good at making money, but I'm also very good at, at keeping money. And that comes from many years of sucking at not being able to keep money. I still remember my first year in business. I made $720,000 in revenue, but I think I spent $1.2 on my Amex. So, you know, it's been a lesson.
0: The balance. It's like how how
1: does that work? Oh god, it was look it was it was it's one of those things coming from a low socioeconomic kind of background and then all of a sudden getting into money you you all of a sudden think you need to buy everything that you never had because you'll think that'll make you happy and then you realize it doesn't and then you go looking for other things and for me I went inward.
0: Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying The new car won't make me happy.
1: I tried two new cars, a house on the water, (laughs) okay, model girlfriends. I tried everything and it just made me, I wouldn't say it made me more miserable, but it just, it just, it didn't satiate this feeling of something was missing. And it wasn't until I started to go inward that I really started to, you know, do some genuine healing and, and not so much fix myself, but just acknowledge the parts of myself that needed to be healed so that I could see myself as the whole person I was and not feel like something was missing. And, yeah, that was a, a huge thing for me. But for COVID, look, massive levels of preparation, and then also, you know, I'm someone that just thrives on high stress, high pressure environments. You know, I, I, I'm someone that, you know, for for shits and giggles, I I will strap a heart rate monitor to myself, throw myself out of a plane, and meditate in freefall. You know, when I first discovered I had a fear of heights, I did two hundred skydives in twelve months. And at least 80 of those I did with a heart rate monitor on in meditation to get my heart rate below. Initially, it was 100 beats, and I did that very successfully. And then it was to get it below 80 beats a minute. And you know, outside of that, I pursue high-stress activities. And I went and trained with the, the Navy SEALs, the European Special Forces. And not, not the type of training where you run through mud and puddles, but where you play with weapons in a highly organized and sophisticated way, where it requires you to sequence things where if you don't get it right, you could actually, you know, hurt yourself or hurt someone else. And so for me, I understand that we're only born with two primary fears, fear of falling, skydiving, fear of loud noises, playing with weapons. And if you can conquer those two aspects of those triggers, then your ability to regulate high stress environments radically changes. And so when COVID hit, for me, I didn't freak out. I got calm. I, I love, I thrive in high pressure, high stress situations. And whenever, You know, when the world started falling apart, you know, my team looked at me like, why the fuck are you so calm? And I'm just like, because I'm built for this shit. I just, you know, I I love it. And it's through, again, preparation. I'm someone that used to experience high levels of radical anxiety, social anxiety. And I had to learn, I'm hypersensory. So I'm SPD. So I'm on the autistic spectrum. And I have all of my sensory systems essentially turned up to high beam. And so by virtue of that, I grew up as a very overstimulated ADHD dyslexic that consciously went about going how do i learn how to feel normal in an environment where everyone else appears to be and i'm feel like that wound up spring and so you know that culminates in the ability to be able to if done consciously you know have a set of tools that you can use in any situation just to stay calm and you know that's what's critical and so for me one of the things that's enabled us to stay calm that kind of bookends that is understanding the impacts of stress on decision making and when we experience stress when we're in stress You know, once we've got cortisol flying through our bloodstream, within about you know seven minutes, we lose about fifty percent of our IQ. And I'm sure everyone can attest to that. Where when we're stressed, we typically make shit decisions, or when we're stressed, you know, we can't think properly. We have a fog. And one of the things that I've learned is the more we can condition ourselves to stress, the more the more able we are to deal with it. But the more coherent that we can stay in those situations, so that we have maximum access to as much information intellectually. And also consciously, because again, when you're in stress, not only do you deplete your IQ, but you also create what's called tunnel vision. And so you can't, not only can you not access the information you already know, but you also can't see as much. And so for me, you know, that's, that's key is how do I maintain optics to be able to see as much as possible and information retrieval to be able to access what I know, but also stay open to the intuitive insights that are required. And, you know, again, when we experience stress, visual sac in our body constricts constricts every major organ in our body, squeezes all that blood into the, you know, to the extremities so we can run quickly. And one of those organs that are affected is our heart. And the heart is the center for intuition. And if that is, if that is constricted, then you're not going to be able to get into those, you're not going to, be able to gain access to those insights that perhaps would come to you if you were in a relaxed manner like you are when you meditate, as an example.
0: Mm. So for someone listening who doesn't necessarily want to throw themselves out of a plane, to prepare for high stress situations, because I definitely am not doing that. I have no desire to jump out of a plane whatsoever, but how can we build that resilient muscle?
1: Great question, and it's like anything anything, it's a practice, it's got to be a practice. it's not something that you can take as a pill. it's not something that you can read as a book. You know resilience is is, is like going to the gym. You've, you know if you go to the gym and you lift up weights, you know if you start bicep curls for the first time, You know, if you're lifting a weight that's too heavy, not only is it going to hurt, but you're going to fatigue really quickly. And if you go, oh my God, the gym sucks, I should never do that again, then you're not going to condition those muscles to be able to lift, you know, stronger, you know, to to lift heavier weights. And stress is like a, a weight for the mind. And the more we expose ourselves to stress, so stress exposure is critical. And we call this exposure therapy. You know, we expose ourselves to stressful stimulus consciously and deliberately. But we do it with a set of tools that enable us to regulate the autonomic nervous system you know which essentially affects the, the biology and the neurology of the system. And one of the best ways to do that is through you know proper breath practices and proper breath work and knowing how to breathe and you know, one of the fastest ways to maintain and regulate a high stress environment. and one of the fastest ways to regulate when you are in stress is through breath. and the the, the deeper you can breathe, the more you can breathe, the nat- more naturally we are able to reset that autonomic nervous system. And so, what I've discovered is 444 four, four, or 666, six, six, breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, or breathe in for six, hold for six, breathe out for six. That is a really fast way to shortcut the diffusion and the regulation of the stress response. But then there's a psychological component where we've got to look at what's making us stressful, and we've got to create, we've got to reassociate what that means. You know, and I've got a five step process, and the first step is expose yourself to stress. The second step is breathe four, 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 six, 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 but the third step is actually consciously manage the meaning of the situation because most situations that cause us stress, it's because it's what we think it means based on a memory or what we've been told. And it's important to look at that stress and go okay right now i, I obviously think, think this is bad because my body is responding in kind how do i make this good and so we ask questions like so what's the benefit of this how is this serving me what situ- what does this situation give me from a skills knowledge and experience perspective because when we can naturally get into a space of oh shit, there's two sides to this story we can actually build a sense of well this isn't so bad in fact this is a little bit good and we can go well this is in fact so good that i can actually develop a sense of appreciation and even gratitude and this is where the biology kicks in because once we experience gratitude, the body naturally releases and elevates levels of DHEA, which counteracts cortisol. And cortisol is carcinogenic; it destroys testosterone, it makes healthy people fat. You know, it's uh, ca- it's it's cancerous. It it disrupts the 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 gut system in such a way where we can't process you know proteins effectively, and the brain isn't able to communicate with the rest of the body.
0: It screws up all of our hormones every hormone
1: so badly and hea it balances you know your hormone levels it is a naturally it's a hormone that naturally increases your metabolism it's a neural protectant it fights cancer and so when we can induce a natural state of gratitude we stop looking at the situations that would normally stress us if we do this repeatedly and all of a sudden we're no longer looking at the situation oh i've got to try and avoid that we're going wow how do i find situations like this it's like someone who loves to go to the gym like oh how can i find a str- how can i find a better workout this workout doesn't stretch me anymore so now i need to find a workout that does. And we start looking for you know, new and better ways to stress ourselves in a conscious way that's done with an intention rather than just a reaction.
0: Mm, I love that. I love it. It's so powerful because you know in today's world, we are exposed to so much more stress than we have ever been before. And we aren't taught skills. Like no one taught me that five-step process in school. Like I wasn't taught that. And, you know, even just the fundamentals of deep breathing. Like, imagine if we had a class in school just dedicated to breathing and meditation.
1: And it's interesting you say no one was taught this, but also at the same time, in most cases, no one was even demonstrated what this looks like. Most parents don't know how to regulate. And so as a result, when kids see their parents stressed, that's how they learn to respond. First and foremost, my mom gets stressed, they get angry. Oh, that's so that's what people do when they experience stress. And that's the fundamental key you know, and a role as parents being able to demonstrate to our children how to be able to regulate our emotions in a healthy, conscious way, how to be able to regulate stressful situations in a conscious and healthy way so that the kids look at that and go, oh, so when my dad gets stressed, he doesn't get angry, he breathes, you know? And, you know, that's a critical thing that oftentimes it wasn't taught in school and it would be great if it was, you know, especially for those kids that didn't have someone that can demonstrate it, but it'd be even better, you know, if we had parents that were actually taught how to do it so that when they are experiencing it, they can show their kids, you know, how to operate.
0: And children learn, and you have a son, I have a stepson, and children learn the most by watching what their parents do.
1: They will not listen to, again parents know this, your kids will not listen to a fucking word you say. They won't, but they watch every single thing. They watch everything and they don't miss a beat.
0: Yeah. So if we are practicing these self-regulating tools, then that's what they'll witness. And then one day they might find themselves overwhelmed or stressed. And, you know, they they start doing the 444 breathing. And you're like, wow.
1: It's so interesting because I've taught my son how to breathe from the moment he could start talking and start experiencing emotions. I'll say, okay, buddy, breathe. Okay, buddy, breathe. And now he will have something that he'll fall over. And I don't even, he's six, but ever since the age of probably about four and a half, he'll get excited. And I'll say, mate, just slow down and breathe. And he'll slow down and go, but now, in at least 50% of cases, I will see him get worked up and get all excited, and then he'll just go, and he'll start self-regulating, self-initiating, self-managing, which is self-leading, and you know that's where all of a sudden you go, now my kid is autonomous. I don't need, in most cases, to remind him all the time, although there might be times I have to, but it now becomes an autonomous behavior.
0: Mm, such a powerful tool that is setting them up for the rest of their life. you know teaching them how to breathe. it's so important. I've had Wim Hof on the podcast.
1: Oh he's phenomenal.
0: He is amazing and he spoke a lot about putting your body under stress with holding your breath and obviously ice baths and things things like that. I've been doing breath work a lot since that interview and I just love how it feels. I love how I can you know self-suit myself. And I remember when you interviewed me for your podcast, I remember you telling me a story. I don't even know. Was this like maybe five years ago? I can't even remember. I remember you telling me a story that you would put Noah, your son, on your belly and you would just do skin to skin, belly breathing. I remember you said that.
1: Yeah, we still do to this day. You know, ever since he was born, one of the things that we know is the more physical skin on skin touch or you know it's even referred to as attachment or kangaroo care by the time a child is 18 the higher their iq and their higher their immune function and so you know since noah was born I, we did it we practiced my, myself and my now ex-wife practice attachment parenting whereby you know for the first six to nine months of his life all he felt was our skin you know he would have other clothes on but even to this day look our number one ritual every morning and my son at the moment he's, he's going through a phase where i'm letting him sleep with me a lot the first thing we do every morning is he lies on he will lie across me. He'll put his belly against mine, and we'll do what's called belly to belly. And we just we will uh, you know we'll do that to connect. We'll do that to transfer love. We'll do that to transfer healing. I'm not feeling well, Dad. Lie on my belly, and I'll give you a little. I'll give you a little healing with my belly, and I'll breathe into my belly. And yeah, it's become a, a fundamental. It's become a fundamental way that we connect, which is echoed in so many other instances whereby he just loves to be in my arms. He just loves to be in. You know, in my space, and you know, oftentimes, you know, I have different social habits to my to, to my ex wife, and you know, for me, one of the social habits I have with my son is we'll literally sit on a beanbag for at least an hour and a half to two hours a day, just in each other's arms, talking, talking about what he did at school, or talking about what he did yesterday, or you know, talking about you know the space or the sun or the moon, or you know, he's got a phenomenally inquisitive mind, and we'll just sit for hours in each other's arms and each other's companies and just talk.
0: That's so beautiful, so beautiful. Yeah, that skin on skin connection. And it doesn't have to be with a child, even just hugging, you know, the power of connection and hugs is so important for soothing our nervous system. But what else could we do for someone who might feel like they're in fight or flight right now? Besides the breathing, what else can we do with everything that's going on in the world right now? It's big. How can we help support people to bring their nervous system down? Not just during a pandemic, but you know, whenever anything comes in their life that's overwhelming or stressful, whether it's business, relationships, whatever.
1: Look, I think it's really important that we develop a, what do we call a way of life psychology or a practice based psychology, because too many people are looking for a pill, a book, a drink, you know, a button. They think, well, how else can I? And but the other way, the other practices, and the, the, uh, is looking at what routines. Can I practice on a regular basis that become an autonomous behavior that I just do compulsively that add to you know, a low a, a, a high-conditioned environment or a high-stress-conditioned a high environment? And the other practices that I'd strongly recommend that I do every single day for anywhere between you know, sometimes 45 minutes to a couple of hours is meditation. like The, 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 the benefits of meditation have been scient- scientifically evidenced at such an incredible degree, especially with transcendental meditation, which is Vedic meditation.
0: Is that what you practice?
1: I practice Vedic every day. I've done Vipassana. I did Vipassana seven times. That was almost like full contact meditation, and I find that I found that a little bit of a, a challenge to practice an hour in the morning, hour in the evening. Vedic is twenty minutes in the morning, twenty minutes in the evening. And what was interesting? Now I do that in most cases a couple hours a day. But I'll I'll transition between Vedic, which is mantra based, and Vipassana, which is sensation based, where you're tuning into the sensation of your body. And you know, for me, the type of meditation I do will. Dep- depend on what my body's saying to me. You know, if I'm going in in a mantra, but my body is talking to me, I'll stop the mantra and I'll just start tuning into the vibration of the body. And there's something very special when you can practice to the point where you can close your eyes and you don't feel a body, you feel an energetic signature. You know, you just feel a, a signature of energy that is just vibrating at a level of frequency that just holds the space and you know when we understand that meditation within four days of meditating you know it actually has a in what is considered a moderate to a dramatic impact on our ability to retrieve information you know and our ability to stay calm but most importantly our ability to find flow you know and that's the beauty of being able to condition ourselves to stress and being able to practice meditation is when we are able to deal with stress and we are able to be more well regulated we find ourselves engaging in flow with far less effort, and it happens in most cases, you know, effortlessly and unconsciously. But meditation has been a massive one for me. And if there's one other routine, it's just, and again, this is going to sound so trite, it's just proper nutrition and hydration. And I, look, I, I eat burgers, I eat chocolate, you know, I eat ice cream, but at the same time, I make sure every day I hydrate myself really, really well because I understand we have this is an electrical system. Like we work in a, in a biotechnological electrical system here. And the more fluid that is within that system, the better the conductivity, the drier that system is, the less conductivity and every single communication system in the body works on an electrical signal, you know, and that requires fluid to be conducted either in tissue or in fluids for that information to pass through, whether it be your body telling you something or you receiving an intuition, the more hydrated we are, the more effective we are. And from a nutrition perspective, look, I'm not going to tell people what to eat. But I think one of the most powerful ways that you can regulate your nutritional system, or I should say your digestive system, is by not overloading it. You know, I eat once or twice a day. My goal is to have at least, you know, four to six hours a day where I have no no food in my system, so it's clear, and I'm able to again receive more information from the environment. You know, distribute that energy that would normally be, you know, constantly bound up with digesting three or four meals a day into healing my body. You know, eliminating excess toxins, eliminating excess. Weight and and keeping my metabolism and my, my immune function working at all time high and when those things are aligned, your body adapts to stress way more easily than if it's overloaded. You know, with um, with you know, with too many calories.
0: And the thing with all of those things that you've mentioned—breath work, meditation, nutrition, hydration—they're all free. They're free.
1: It's free. It's free, mother. But it's free, you know, and I often joke about creating, you know, a uh, an anti-aging clinic where all we do is we teach those things because if here's what I know, when you teach those things, I've had clients that you look at them and go, man, within three months of them practicing, they lose 10 years. You know, no Botox required, no surgery required, you know, and in most cases, you know, no excessive exercise or dieting required. They still get to eat a very holistic diet that includes ice cream and burgers, you know. You just got to know how to feed the system in a way that it requires, not in a way that you've been trained.
0: Yeah. And you're right. This is an energy system. And the information and the data that you put in is going to affect the way that you show up and how you feel.
1: So true. And most people, their bodies are working on dial up, you know, because they don't have an effective, their, their body doesn't have an effective system to be able to communicate between its organs. You know, the three most important organs are your gut, your heart, and your brain. And the better, the more coherent those systems are in their communication, the more flow, the more insight, the more intuition. Yeah, and the more peace we ultimately will find.
0: Absolutely. This has been so beautiful. You are doing incredible work in the world. I absolutely love every time we get to catch up. You are doing live events, podcasts, coaching everything you've got all the things going on where can everybody find you and find out more about your incredible work and coaching and everything that you do in the world
1: that's super kind look the easiest place to find us is on facebook we have uh, a, a great a tremendous presence on facebook on instagram on linkedin even on uh, tiktok and also the website you know kerwinray.com and yeah if people want more information they can find out there whether it be you know our our specialty really is performance but we point most of our performance towards business But this year we're going to be actually bringing back a a performance program for, yeah, for the greater community of just people who want to learn how to do life better.
0: Mm, Yes. I think every single person's like, yep. Okay. I want to do life better. Like who doesn't want to be the best version of themselves and show up as the best, highest version of themselves? Yes, please.
1: Most people do it, but this is the thing. And this is what I find. It's not that most people don't know. Most people know, they just don't know why they don't do. And, you know, that's my specialty is getting people to do whether they get them to do what they already know or sharing the information to make them understand to so that they now know, but then showing them the construct of, you know, how do I get people to do? And that's my, 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 my skill is I get people to do what they need to do. I show people how to get things done and focus on results.
0: And you do a very, very good job of that. Thank you so much.
1: Namaste Melissa. <laughs> You're amazing.
0: Oh, you are amazing.
1: So good to see you. You are glowing. Every time I see you, you are glowing. Your life must be good up in Queensland. Must be sunny because that tan. Oh, my God.
0: It is 24-7 sunshine, 24-7. It's beautiful. It's so good to see you. And thank you for all the incredible work you're doing in the world. Keep going. You are a light beam and a trailblazer. And I just am so grateful to have you in my life.
1: Likewise. Thank you, Melissa. Take care. Take care now.
0: So many practical things and simple things that we can all do during times of uncertainty and high stress. I really hope that you got a lot out of today's episode. If you did, please come and tell me on Instagram at Melissa Rambricini. Come and share with me your top key takeaways from this episode. I absolutely love reading them all. And don't forget to hit subscribe on YouTube and leave a review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And for everything that Kerwin and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 362. And if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now.